Hi, and welcome to To Begin Again from the Beginning Tales of Passion, Perseverance, and Patience with your host, me, Stephanie Morris. Hey, and welcome back to To Begin Again from the Beginning. So it's been about a month since I recorded last, and a lot has happened in that time. I got very sick and had been having horrible stomach pains. It actually had been going on for the past month uh, prior to this. So honestly, the past couple of months, getting these horrible pains up in the middle of my stomach area, right under your right rib there. And apparently it's gallbladder issues and I have tons of stones in my gallbladder that need to come out, thus the whole gallbladder needs to come out. It's a whole story, it was such a headache, I went to the hospital, it was awful. Um, Everybody talks about how great Canadian healthcare is, but I'm Canadian and I'm gonna tell you right now, it's garbage. Yes, we don't have to quote unquote pay, But does anybody really understand that, like, we pay for it. We pay for it with our tax money. I was paying 34% taxes, if not more, on my $55,000 paycheck. So I paid for this shit, and I waited 12 hours the first day just for them to tell me that I need to be admitted right away and that there's horrible complications and blah, 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 I need surgery. And I told them, you know, I've been here for 12 hours. I really don't have the patience or anything. Like I have no, cl- like I have no clothes. I have no contact solution. I have no toothbrush. And he was like, well, you're going to leave uh, without doctor against doctor's orders. And I said, yeah, fuck it. Like, fine. Like, what do you want me to do? Were they going to feed me anything? No, I hadn't eaten all day. So I would have gone into the hospital, admitted with no food, no nothing. And he was like, fine, well, you can leave. So I had to sign something that I can leave. And I told him I'd come back the next day. And I did. And that's where the fucking horrible ordeal carried on, let's just say. I was admitted. They told me that I have a horrible infection, I have tons of stones in my gallbladder, and the gallbladder needs to come out ASAP. Okay, fine. Ended up staying there for four days. Every day they would starve us. No food, no water, because just in case we were getting surgery sometime that day. So they starved us for 18 hours a day, basically. No water either. And then when they do give us food, it was trash. They gave us one night... They gave us white rice that was cold and I got chopped up cooked carrots that were also cold and one piece of half a piece of white bread. It was not enough nutrition to feed a child, let alone someone who has been starving for 18, 20 hours. I couldn't believe it. And like, I can't believe this is Canada. And like, I have a picture of it. And it's it's unbelievable what they were trying to do to us. Like, it was just, it was a horrible experience. I have nightmares about it still. Obviously, I know that you need to not eat before surgery. But like, how long were they going to keep doing that? I left. I left the fucking hospital because I couldn't take it anymore. Being woken up in the middle of the night for, obviously, 
vital testing, but also your blood is being taken. Also, you're getting blood thinners in your stomach that are very painful. And I was being pumped full of morphine the entire time. So I not only was like completely out of it, and morphine also kills your appetite. So they want you to be hopped up on morphine. And then I checked myself out because I was like, honestly, this is terrible. You're not feeding me. You have no idea when my surgery is going to be. Like, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. Um, They gave me antibiotics for the infection, which seemed to have fixed it. But I left and they gave me a prescription for hydromorphine, which is even stronger than morphine. And I spent the next four days weaning myself off of morphine. It was awful. It was literally the worst Worst thing I've ever done in my life is weaning myself off morphine, which is a fucking narcotic, and I I can't with this system. And now, you know what? I'm still fucking waiting. I spoke to my doctor, who's a complete useless idiot, and he gave me shit about leaving the hospital. Oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, bro, like... What did you want me to do? Was I supposed to stay there for 7, 8, 10, like 12, 15 fucking days waiting for a surgery that like maybe will come tomorrow? I'm supposed to starve all day, not sleep all night, fucking get addicted to morphine? Like what the fuck? And then be sent home with with more drugs? Opiates? Does no one understand that there's a fucking opiate crisis in the goddamn city? Like no care for human beings just like well there you go go home here's more fucking opiates for you to take out home with no supervision and have fun weaning yourself off the fucking drugs we were giving you it was awful it was fucking horrible my stupid doctor was like oh that's that's a bad decision you shouldn't have done that bro you don't even know what happened to me in there i could have been assaulted i could have been sexually assaulted like you don't know what the fuck was going on in there without even asking me you don't know anything And this is supposed to be my fucking doctor. I just, I can't with this country anymore. I'm so fucking sick of it here. I'm so fucking sick of people thinking that Canada is the be-all and end-all of great places to live because it's fucking not. And it's not free healthcare. It is prepaid fucking healthcare that doesn't fucking work. Now, I don't even know when this surgery is. I'm playing fucking phone tag with the doctor's office, telling them I'm in pain, I need medication for pain. I don't know when my fucking surgery is going to be. They haven't told me anything. I don't even know my surgeon's fucking name. It's been three weeks and I have no phone call for a consultation. I have no phone call from a doctor. Nothing. And I'm supposed to just sit here and twiddle my fucking thumbs and wish that I was in the fucking hospital. And you know what the worst part is? Even if I get an attack, if something goes wrong, if there's something horribly wrong with my fucking gallbladder where the hell am i gonna go where all the hospitals are shit i'll what i'll go and sit in emergency for fucking 10 12 15 hours before somebody fucking helps me like that's also completely isolating what like i feel like i can't turn anywhere i feel like i have no support other than my parents thank god for them But what am I going to do? I had a horrible fucking gallbladder attack at four in the morning on Tuesday morning and it lasted for about five hours. And I just sit there and take it because there's nothing you can fucking do. I took Tylenol. I took Advil. I smoked a joint. And then at the end of the day, I just had to take an Ativan to make myself pass out. 
What else was I going to do? Was I going to go to the hospital and sit there for 10 hours so they could do nothing and then admit me and then have me wait for a surgery that may never fucking happen? I'm just done, dude. I'm fucking done with this country. I'm so fucking sick of it. But anyway, let's get into today's episode. Where or where did we leave off last? It's been so long. Ah, uh, yes. It was my 12th year anniversary of moving to Asia. I moved there on April 28th, 2010, and yes, I just celebrated my 12th year away, uh, if I was still away, I mean, it's my 12th year anniversary of leaving the country. And man, oh man, do I miss Asia every single day. Every single day I miss it so much, especially that time in my life when I lived in Phuket in 20. 10 and then eventually moved to Bangkok 2010 and 2011. It's just like it's a a feeling I can't explain and no one around me gets it except for obviously if you've lived overseas. It feels really lonely here. So lonely that I feel like I have no one yet I have so many friends like strewn around the world and honestly it sucks. I feel like I can't rely on anyone. I feel like I am the only person that ever reaches out to any of my friends. Maybe I have, let's say, one or two that will reach out once in a while. Other than that, I'm the one who solely reaches out to everyone I know. So basically, all of the friendships I have are completely one-sided. Fun. So I really miss Asia. I really miss being there with expats because it's so easy to make friends there and people are reliable and you learn to trust people. And here, I don't trust anybody. I don't feel like I have any friends. It's coming up on my one year sober anniversary on June 17th and I was planning a party at my house with some, you know, mocktails and smoking weed listening to music and I I told a couple people about it and some have said they're coming but like you know what I don't I don't think anyone's gonna come I think it's gonna be what always happens is that a couple days before people will bail day of the other people will bail so I'm gonna cancel it because there's no fucking point in making a party if no one's gonna fucking come because no one gives a shit No one gives a shit about anything but themselves. I constantly, constantly think about other people. I constantly think about my friends. I constantly think about family. I constantly think about how I can help people. But you know what? I'm going to turn that inward and see how I can help myself. And all this love that I keep trying to give the people that I think love me, I'm going to give that to myself because y'all don't give a shit. Y'all are so fucking self-involved. Y'all only care about yourself. So you keep doing that. I'm going to keep doing me and fuck it. Let's talk about Phuket. Last thing I was talking about was the feeling of getting off the plane and getting picked up and going to our accommodation, which was super cute and cool. I have pictures up on the Insta of the view and, you know, getting to the beach and all that great stuff. So we started school. And 
It was great. It was hilarious. Basically, you know, me and Katie, uh, we met these two people. One was Nadia, who was from England, and our other friend was Joris, and he was from the Netherlands. We quickly became sort of a clique, and we would go to school. I think it was only from like eight until two or something like that, and we pretty much goofed off in the entire time in the class because um, we were really smart and really good at our jobs already, not jobs, but like planning to be jobs. Um, I remember the teacher, an older white dude from America, just like such a dorky dork, funny guy, um, you, as, as you'll come to realize later in these episodes, is that there's just so many dorky white men in Asia. So many. So many. And they always have the prettiest Asian girlfriends, a phenomenon I have no idea how to explain. But I digress. So Katie, Yoris, Nadia, and myself, we're sitting in the back, obviously the cool kids table, and we're chatting, 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 um, and Katie and I get called up to the front for something, and we kill it. I think it was a demonstration of something, grammar, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, we did great because we're fucking awesome. And then we had to do some sort of project. The whole course is about a month. And I believe like near the end of it, uh, we do a project and me, Nadia and Katie found a place that did lamination and we made uh, flashcards and ended um, up going to a kindergarten and using those flashcards and teaching that class for like the end of our class thing. And we obviously fucking killed it. But before we get to the end of that month of May, let's backtrack a little bit to the beginning. Every day we'd go to class and then every day we'd hit the beach and we'd go get food. This was like pretty much a dream come true. This is exactly what I wanted. I love, 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 love. And it's going to be the thing that I love most about life is waking up and being able to go to a beach and go swimming. I did that a lot when I was living in Thailand just recently in 2018. Uh, I loved waking up early before I had to be at the restaurant to go find a quiet cove on the island and go for a swim. It's the best feeling in the world. You're so refreshed. You're up before everybody else. It's absolutely gorgeous, and it just makes you feel alive. What what better feeling is there than like being directly inside Mother Earth, right? You're directly inside of a planet when you're in the water. Not standing on top, not above, but inside. And I really feel that like we as human beings, especially living in a city like Toronto, Um, we are so disconnected from nature and it is so unhealthy. And I think that's a lot of the reason why everyone is so cold and we are fake nice, right? Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, great. How are you? Like so fake. Um, and this is a phenomenon too, that is just North American. I don't know if anybody's traveled around the world, but like not everybody is like, Hey, how are you? Oh, great. How are you? When somebody asks how somebody is in let's say Germany, you're going to get a real answer. Hey, not so good, this and this and this. And I, in like other countries, it's very weird to ask random people how they are because usually you'd expect somebody to answer you truthfully. But here in North America, we love lies and fakeness. So anyway, Phuket, I'm on a bit of a ranty rant today because I'm in a bit of a mood. So this is what y'all are getting after one month. 
after classes, we would go down to the water, go down to either Kamala Beach or the other big one, Sarin, I believe it was called, and have a nice dinner and go for a swim, you know, take our bikes into the town and just like honestly live the best life. Eventually, Katie and I got really sick of eating Thai food. I know it's insane, but every day, all day, same thing. So we started making these sandwiches, which we still talk about today, which was like white bread, this quote unquote mayo, but it was really like a sweet mayo salad dressing kind of thing. And cucumber avocado tomato. This was our go-to little Sammy for lunch, for dinner, whatever we were feeling, that, that was the go-to shit when we were sick of shit, sick of Thai food and, you know, wanted a break. Now, whenever I make a sandwich that has those ingredients in it, I, I, I just can't help but think about Katie and making these sandwiches on the top of our small fridge because obviously that we had, like, no kitchen area. It was in between, you know, the shower, the toilet, and a sink, sort of kitchenette. But anyway, I still think about it, still think about her and I making these stupid sandwiches and it's such a funny memory. It's funny what we what we remember, right? So back to Phuket, killing it in school, eating great food, scooting around on our scooters. And one of the things that we did for fun, we did end up taking like a, an excursion trip to Maya Bay, which I'm sure everybody knows of, which is the beach that was in the movie The Beach. Just a little side note here about Maya Bay. It became so overpopulated with tourists and they would leave garbage that it became so polluted and so disgusting that the Thai government had to close Maya Bay to all tourists and Thai people. So this is how much tourism sucks for the country that is having all of these idiots come to. So don't be like them, be smart, and do not pollute, do not bring garbage to a beach, and absolutely do not leave any garbage at a beach. All right. So we had to go to Patong, which is just a little, an hour away from where we're staying in Bangtao. And from Patong, by the way, Patong is a a shithole, shit show. Uh, So many tourists, like fucking drunk people everywhere. We also went to Patong and party there for a night and met some ladyboys and some children. Very depressing. All the children are basically child slaves. Super great. Anyway, fuck Patong. We had to go to Patong to take a ferry over to Maya Bay. And it was gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. But tons of people, right? So you can't even really get like that shot of you like at the beach because there's just like mad fucking people everywhere everywhere so that was a really nice experience the the boat ride over there was beautiful katie and i got super fucking sunburned obviously because when you're 25 you don't think of sunscreen you're like i just want to get as dark as possible and now i'm looking down at my at my chest and i've got mad mad lines so it's funny katie and i were out for a walk the other day and she's wearing a full like Huge hat, sunglasses. I'm wearing sunglasses and wish I brought a hat. And we're trying to, like, hide ourselves from the sun. And it's just so fucking funny that, you know, 10 years ago, I was literally laying out 
fucking burning myself because I wanted to be tanned. And now I slather on SPF 50. Anyway, we got real burnt on the boat. Coming home from Patong, coming home from Maya Bay. It was beautiful. The sun was setting. We get to Patong, which is where we were staying for the night. We went out and partied again. Sad. Um, gross. I will post pictures of that as well. That Patong trip was something else. I believe, though, when we were coming home, we did see some elephants crossing, which was really nice. I believe that they were wild. Um, if anybody's listening to this and thinking of going to Thailand, do not do anything with elephants. Do not do anything with tigers. Do not do anything with wildlife. They do have sanctuaries for elephants that you can go and volunteer at. This is something I highly recommend. Do not go and ride on an elephant and do not go and pet a drugged up tiger or lion or whatever they're offering. The drugged up tigers, they're wild or they should be, but they are kept in captivity and drugged full of who knows what so they can be docile enough for you to pet them. A tiger is not meant to be pet. Let's just fucking say that straight up. A tiger is not meant to be pet. A tiger is not meant to be pet. A tiger is not meant to be pet. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stay out of the tiger's face. Get your fucking hands away from it. It is not supposed to be there. And same with elephants. Elephants are so smart and so social. And being confined to one area as an elephant will literally drive it crazy and it will smash its head into things. It's also taken away from its babies, its mother. Do not do this. Do not do not do not do this. Do not go to Thailand and engage in any sort of wildlife trade or weird sex trade because it's mostly with children and don't be a disgusting human being. That is my PSA. Okay, getting back to the story. So we're in Petong getting wasted, getting white girl drunk. I remember I fucking like lost my shoes, ended up by myself in front of what I thought was our hostel, which it wasn't. And I don't even remember how I got home. I eventually got home because I woke up in the right place with uh, my two hungover ladies with me. So that's always a good time, right? Always a smart idea to be 25, alone in a country that you don't speak the language walking around at night in a weird touristy area and um losing your shoes and then not knowing how you woke up in the morning cool 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 steph awesome yeah don't do that don't be like me always have somebody with you have your phone charged know where you're at have a business card of the hotel you're looking for. If your phone dies, you can at least show that to somebody. These are things that I am telling you now because I didn't do then. So 2020 is, you know, hindsight's a great thing. Anyway, where was I? Patong, right. Woke up in the morning and took a tuk-tuk ride back to where we needed to be or back to the bus where we needed to be. And I have a really cute video of Nadia, Katie, and I riding in this little tuk-tuk and, you know, seeing the beach. And, and I believe it's taken, again, with a digital camera. Those of you who don't know what a digital camera is, it's just like your phone without all the internet stuff. It just took pictures. I know. I know. What, what a world, eh? Just pictures. So I will upload that video as well because it's very cute. We got back to Bangtown. Of course, we did our thing, went to the beach, 
and went to Emmy's for dinner because this turned out to be our favorite place to go. Great Thai food, nice music, and we ended up like meeting these two dudes, two Burmese dudes. Burmese people are all over Thailand because, you know, um, Burma is not really in the greatest position economically speaking. The economy is sort of in the toilet. So there's lots of Burmese people trying to make money to send home because there ain't nothing going on in Burma, unfortunately. So these two Burmese dudes, I believe one of them was Winko and Zo. And Katie sort of liked Winko and I sort of liked Zo. So we hung out a couple of times with them. They would take us on their motorbikes, driving all around, like driving like fucking crazy. I'm surprised we didn't die. And uh, yeah, we just sort of like hung out with them for the duration of the time that we were there. I only ended up staying in Phuket for the duration of the course, about a month. And so we hung out with Zoe and Winko, got food, drove places. They even found us some like really shitty weed. So that was fun. And at the end of the month, Katie, uh, Natty, and I, we did our presentation at the kindergarten. Great. We all graduated. Yoris um, also was there. I don't know if we really, like, hung out with him that much. But we all graduated, and I applied to a couple different jobs, like, while I was still in school. I was applying to different jobs, like, all over Bangkok, and I got a call right away, even before I graduated, telling me, you know, like, we'd love to have you come and work for us. So I did a phone interview. There was no Zoom yet. I think maybe there was Skype. Uh, But we did a phone interview, and I got the job. And right after the training, I moved to Bangkok. Bangkok is the coolest fucking city in the world. I'm going to say it. Coolest city in the world, 100%, hands down, would live there in a fucking second. It's not too far away from the beaches, but it's not on the beach, so you still have a huge city vibe. Great restaurants, great people, great bars, movie theaters, concerts. It's like a first world country. It's like a New York, but in Asia. It's the fucking best. But going back a little bit, it was a bit hard to leave Phuket because I had come there with my girlfriend, my my friend, Katie, who... I had known already for years and years and years, and and now here I was sort of embarking on again a new beginning, another new beginning. I was nervous. I didn't really, I didn't really want to leave, but I had to go get a job because I mean, like that was the whole point of coming, right? The whole point of coming to Asia was to go there and get a job and, and start a life. So that's what I did, and. Again, Bangkok is the coolest fucking city in the world. I miss it every damn day. And that's where I'm going to leave it for today because we're going to get into Bangkok on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week. I fucking promise. Next week. I love y'all. Take care of yourselves. And if you can, take care of someone else.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Resilience Network. Please check out our other podcast at Quarantine Cocktail Hour, stories about quarantine and friends all around the world.